Welcome to episode 73 of Movies in 4K. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And one quick announcement here. We are now listed on another podcast directory. So if you use Podchaser, oh. <laughs> you can subscribe now. Any other client out there, links are on BillShetty.com, all the way down on the end of every webpage on the left side. Subscribe to not miss an episode. All right, Lady Phantom, what's our fun fact this week? This was the first movie by Universal Pictures to use IMAX cameras. That's pretty interesting. Let's get this rolling along. are covering 2018's First Man, rated PG-13, runs a whopping two hours and 21 minutes, listed in three genres, biography, drama, history. Yeah. We don't have history category on there because we've only covered one, maybe two, so that hasn't been added yet, but it will be listed in biography and drama for you out there, so you can search that way if you're interested in a certain type of movie. Director Phantom. Damien Chazelle. All right, stars. Ryan Gosling, Claire Foy, Jason Clark, Kieran Hines, Corey Stoll, Christopher Abbott, and others. Ethan Embry. It was Ethan Embry then. <laughs> so we got some household names and a few popular co-stars here. What's that synopsis? A look at the life of the astronaut, Neil Armstrong, and the legendary space mission that led him to become the first man to walk on the moon on July 20th, 1969. Yeah, terrible synopsis, if you ask me. Wow. I mean, it touches those motifs, but I was so looking forward to this. I like documentaries, so biography touches that line very nicely i think and this movie is something else <laughs> but you know what uh, also another thing i read was that neil armstrong's sons said that this is the most accurate depiction of both their father and their mother yeah well when you go with biography you're thinking way more than what happens in this movie and we'll get to that as we're walking it through because the movie opens with gosling in an airplane he's i don't know the right term when they're above the atmosphere lady phantom and he's got to get through the atmosphere and not burn up um he's doing like a training mission and he's having trouble getting back in earth's atmosphere and super close-up angles here just on faces and shaky cam and stuff well he finally does make it through the atmosphere punches through he learns a little trick that he uses several times actually in this movie with jets and releasing engine power here and there and stuff like that and he comes back and sort of a crash landing i mean it was okay he didn't get injured or anything but once the faults happened with the plane and he got back there was some statements there that 
this guy is kind of reckless and stuff, and we don't want to send him on any more training missions or something, so to speak. But this is all in planes here. We're not to rockets yet. We scuttle along here at a snail's pace. We do find a notable piece that happens in this, and I don't want to discuss it. Something happens to one of his family members because this plays along the story here. But he eventually comes across a newspaper article where they're hiring astronauts to start training a mission to go to the moon because it's the space race with Russia and everything. And the Russians have a little bit better technology. They're one step ahead of the Americans. So they're starting this Gemini mission and they're hiring recruits at NASA to perform events, what's going to need to be done in outer space. Yeah, we see a lot of that and it, feels like a very long time <laughs> yes it's funny because in this movie time passes in such a way that you are not exactly sure how long it has passed it seems like forever but they do jump along like years so you're not really sure where you are or when you are well they do show the dates on the screen when yes. something significant happens yes yeah, they do. So we have that there. But talking about the biography portion, however old Neil Armstrong was here, right when the astronaut program started, the Gemini mission, which was 1961, we get nothing before that. Mm-hmm. So we're starting him on one flight, basically, and then it jumps to this mission. So we get nothing from him 30 and below, let's say. Yeah, so biography is like really, really loosely applied there because it's not like you learn more from him. Now, of course, most people are going to want to know about the mission that made this guy who he is. True. So you have that. I wasn't perturbed (laughs) that they started so late in the career of this guy and where he came from and what city he's from, where he's from, when he got married and stuff, because he's already married. He has a couple kids and another one on the way. And that's played by Claire Foy, who (laughs) go on and say it, Phantom, through a decade, she has the same haircut. (laughs) Yeah, but then again, I went and I looked at pictures of his wife and it looks like she had short hair forever. So, yeah. Okay, so... What we can describe, because it flashes back several times in this movie, is this guy has inner strife. (laughs) That's how I want to put it, Phantom. Yes. He's completely emotionless. I disagree with that. And I just think, I mean, and especially if this is really the way he was, I don't think he was emotionless, but he bottled up all his emotions which is far from healthy but apparently that's what he did well ryan gosling's portrayal is emotionless this guy has no range here and i'm not saying his acting range i'm saying this character he's portraying yeah he never smiles laughs gets upset he I, is yeah. this consistent quiet shy guy who 
doesn't communicate with anyone around him. Yeah. Even his wife and kids. Yeah. Especially his wife and kids, I would say. And I mean, he does play with them at some points and everything. But he is, I think, the perfect example of that generation of man, like bottled up and distant. And I really don't like that men were like that. But that, I think that is very accurate. But at certain parts of the movie, and I will touch on that later, I thought he played something very well. Okay, I will tap dance around this a little bit just to try to clue you in on this guy's persona. He has had heartache. He has had death in his life from people that he knew and cared about. And that's a lot of the conflict with this guy. And you really have trouble relating with him because everybody's lost loved ones. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're a little small child, everybody has lost people they're close to in life. Yeah. Although there is one scene actually related to the, let's say the most pivotal of these losses for him and he does play that very well. And that's, that's not the one I'm talking about, but there's another one. But here, like, you see him pretty much break apart. And I think that's the only time. Like, he, he's sobbing. I wouldn't call that breaking apart. Well, considering I, he's such a, a, a self-contained person, I would. Well, what I'm going to say about that, because... We got a just little bit here (laughs) info is I wouldn't have called that scene. It's towards the end here. No, 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 no. The one I'm talking about is is towards the beginning. All right, well, then let's skip it because he does sob a couple times in this. All right, so now we're going through training missions on the Gemini mission. Mm -hmm. We meet Jason Clark and Buzz Aldrin. Uh, Corey Stoll. by Corey, Corey Stoll, Stoll, the guy yeah. from The Strain, right? Yes. Okay, now we just covered <laughs> the movie last week, Lady Phantom, with the star that was the creature is who? Oh, Kieran Hines, yeah. I did mention him in the, in the stars. He, uh, he played uh, Steppenwolf. Which is the movie we in, just covered last week. Yeah, in Justice League, yeah. I would have never known that this was the motion capture of this guy. He didn't really look like it to me. But No, oh well. he didn't. It was just the voice, and the voice was definitely his. I mean, modulated, oh, okay. but it was his voice. But no, they didn't take his All right, his well, that features. guy is like the, one of the heads of the training program in NASA. So we have that. Now, we're just following missions here. And he, there is flashbacks with what's happened in Gosling's life. And you see how he is around his family and friends. He's very shut off. He don't want to talk to anybody. I mean, it's just boring, really. I'm, <laughs> to me, I'm going to say, like, this guy isn't interesting enough to have a two-hour movie about. Now... If he wasn't the first man to walk on the moon, there never would have been a movie, a movie about, about this him. guy. But that's yeah. the driving force. But from every biography I've ever seen of a character that, you know, you don't know, mm-hmm. just what you see on TV and maybe a documentary here and there, 
this is by far the worst I've ever even imagined. And I was very interested in this movie. Yeah. Like the guy has no personality. What they're covering isn't really even sad on a level. And they were really trying to plug at the heartstrings, I felt. And some things are very sad that happened to this guy. Yeah, but you know what? I think that, unfortunately, that's because, I mean, I think Neil Armstrong is to a certain level kind of famous for how private he was. I mean, yes, at, at some point I said, I mean, this guy has a personality of a clamshell, but it's, I, I think it was him. He was really, really bottled up, but he just didn't show emotions. Yeah, and I just think, you know, I don't want to say money grab, but this came from a book. There was a book written about him. Mm-hmm. This came from that. A screenplay was adopted from that. And just some people don't need biographies. <laughs> I know, I, like it should have been a, a movie about the actual missions even if you want but to there make has a, been movies like that too right. we need to see another one of them so they went in at this angle but there's nothing that really drives you even the technical aspect of the training missions you don't learn anything you don't know from previous footage and real life stuff like right. i learned absolutely nothing in this movie and me personally, I mean, having not grown up with all this, I didn't learn anything either. I mean, it was just, I think that the movie maybe relied to a certain point on people already knowing what mm. happened and uh, showing it very accurately because they even used actual technology from the 60s, from NASA and everything. Yeah. But <laughs> me I, I just didn't understand anything because it's just a lot of technical stuff that I personally couldn't relate to. And I just didn't and get many didn't things. And they didn't dive in it enough, Lady Phantom, to describe that either. When he's training on the rover, the, the ship that lands and comes down on the moon, you know, they show a scene of him test piloting this thing and there's faults with it of course and i guess one little interesting part was they're like oh we're not ready and stuff and gosling's like no you need to fail here you don't want to fail up there because there has been some catastrophes while going along a decade inventing this technology people have lost their lives from test missions and things like that so we have all the test missions and we get up to, I stopped the movie, it's one hour and 44 minutes, is when we finally get to Apollo 11, the mission where they go to outer space and land on the moon. It lasts for about 30 minutes exactly, this final montage. And even that wasn't interesting. Oh, to me that was interesting. It's just there were so many things to look at. And actually, that's the part that I was referring to. Like when they are just about to land on the moon, you see Gosling's face and you see his eyes and you can just tell how focused he is and how hungry he is to get on the moon. That's what's so bizarre, Phantom. I was thinking about this movie is, and I don't know if this is Gosling's fault or the direction fault, this 
guy wasn't a rocket scientist. He was basically an average guy. He had no intense training before this. You know, he wasn't <laughs> in the leading edge of technology with plane. He wasn't a mechanic or nothing. He was just a basic pilot. They don't even say why he wanted to do this because there's not even enough context because this guy is such a wet sponge. You don't know where he's coming from. And I think that was a lost piece in this movie, Phantom, because you would think it would need to be someone super intense and focused. And like you said, that one scene where you're watching his eyes and he's looking at the gauges and he's looking out at the threat thing levels and all the buttons going off and stuff. But I still didn't feel that intensity that he was super focused. Like I did. There's something was lost in translation in this whole movie to me. I did, but it was not for long. It was basically the scenes where he is actually looking at the moon and they are just about to land there. Like I could really tell that he was super focused, concentrated, and just hungry to get there. But it was three seconds. And didn't you feel that emotion at all during the other two hours of this movie? That this guy was so intense on doing this? No. No. They even send this guy to meet all the politicians and to be a spokesperson at this one party for nasa and this guy don't even talk like he's so shallow and emotionless and i don't want to say weird but he's detached that he is he he is extremely detached and he just bottles everything up i mean i know he has emotion because i can tell but it's just very hard to take it out of him and i think that is a reflection of the real person And there were a lot of men like that in the past, I think. Well, I don't know about that at all because I'm not old enough. I know my father's not that way, and you know your father's not that way. So So we got that. All right, we got to get the technicals here. We covered the story. It's a slog. I think you agree, too yeah there's just not enough interesting stuff going on and there's times they jump ahead four years like i guess nothing bad happened during four years of yeah like when gemini seven through ten or something yeah like between claire foy being pregnant with one of the kids and the kid being born and the kid being three four years old it it happened in like a second i mean not a second but like 15 minutes that's what i was talking about i mean i know they put the dates there But it's like you never know what to expect or what pace they're going to have. It's very jumbled somehow. Okay, the most important technical aspect we need to discuss here for a few minutes, Phantom, is the cameras used, which we go back to 16 millimeter, 35 mil, and 65, and a few IMAX scenes. Okay, I know this is going to creator intent here, but it is junk (sighs) this is really hard because i know they wanted to be as faithful as possible to the thing and there have been other movies where they have done that and for some reason in this movie it just didn't work 
because you felt the set pieces, Phantom. It didn't feel this house they lived in, which they're at many times, it didn't feel like a lived-in house. It felt so staged, and it they were trying so hard to convince you they were in the 60s that it was a complete bust. Now, we are jumping off the film stock here, but we can come back to that. We're going to sets now just because she brought it up. For example, there's a scene at a pole when they have a glass and a bottle of, I don't know if it was soda or beer, that they focused on two minutes back and forth while characters are talking. And it's like, ooh, we got to show you that's a 60s bottle. And it was so out of place. And they did this on several objects. Yeah, the Budweiser uh, beer, like they made a point of showing that they, they were old cans of beer. None of these men pulled off that they were in the 60s. None of them. No, I'm, no. Uh, but it was so hard because, I mean, you could tell that it was the 60s because like his wife kept wearing flowery dresses. Right, like it was so apparent, like you could not notice it because it was so in your face. She had to have a flower dress on for a whole decade. Yeah, and the same kinds of dresses. It's like, I don't know. I think, you know what? Maybe I think the coloring had a big part in that somehow. Because, yeah, I mean, if they didn't show you those cans of beer, that bottle, whatever, the coloring was exactly the same as a movie that is situated today. Yes, and you even exclaimed out loud like look at the house that house could be today like it was so unassuming that it wasn't (laughs) an old house from the 60s yeah and the problem was not the 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 set itself because uh they said it was minimalistic i think phantom they took the the house from the actual armstrong house but what you said is so important it just didn't seem like a home Yes, the counters were laid in bare. The table, like, just had certain things just to try to elude you. Ooh, we're in the 60s. Like, they go to an eight-track player once and a cassette player. And it was so obviously old, the eight-track. It was all dirty and everything. No, that should be new, shiny. And these little gimmicky things that they're showing you to try to elude that you're in the 60s that this was taking place it didn't work it did not feel like a home it is bad to me yeah and they tried way too hard that's my yeah and there are other movies like look like once we were discussing completely off topic the lighthouse and the things that were done to make it look like an old movie. And as much as we don't like, or some people (laughs) don't like we, that they use old cameras and everything to depict an older time because we are in modern times. Like in The Lighthouse, for example, it works to perfection. and you know both of them actors very well, and you bought that they were from the late 1800s or early 1900s whenever yes. that was set then you go to for example the conjuring which they didn't slam you in the face that it was the 60s it just felt like it was and in this movie it, it just didn't yes it was poor okay back to the camera 
stuff. We're going to be covering a lot of this probably in the 4K. But you can tell, <laughs> obviously, when it's shifting camera stock. Yes. They didn't do color correction on purpose, I think, in this movie to, to try to allude to something that didn't work because it didn't feel it. It felt like they were trying to do it, which is a big no-no, in my opinion. Yeah, and another thing that I that I hate, well, actually, one thing I hated in this movie was, and I don't know if it has to do with the cameras used at the, t- at the moment or with something they did on purpose or what, but it's like there are some scenes, and not in space, like scenes on Earth and everything, that have a lot of that, visual thing that film used to have where you see ble- uh, white little dots here yeah, and that's there dust on the film uh-huh. coming from a projector exactly but then the f- the next scene doesn't have that and then it does and then it doesn't and it drives me insane because it's not like we are in space and we are showing you the imax thing no it was like scenes on earth and, and everything Phantom- and it's like oh look this is old movie I can see this director here, Chazelle, via last name here, like doing his job and in the editing room after everything's filmed and like, he's like, thinks he's so clever and ooh, they're going to think this was shot. Like I can just picture this guy and everybody around him. Ooh, let's add this here because that's going to make it look more real. And it's comically bad. I mean, if you, I think one thing that that kept on coming to my mind while while I was watching the movie is, oh gosh, just commit to a look. You know, if you're going to have certain parts of the movie look old, then have the movie look old. If you are going to show some part, some other parts of the movie look new, then just do it like that. But don't be jumping around. And it's constant. It's through. It doesn't go more than, I don't think, five minutes without you obviously noticing it's a different camera being used with different clarity. Yeah, and it's not like, for and example. different coloring, too. Yeah, and it's not like in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, for example, no, where, where the, the scenes like on TV looked old. And that was completely on purpose. Also, but everything else. Also, when he was on set uh-huh. they did that too exactly on set or on tv you have this look like 16 millimeter or something like old the rest of the time everything that was real life crystal clear okay i'm okay with that because and i said it at the time because i thought it was well used and it didn't drive me insane here it does because they just didn't commit to a look at any point in the movie except in space right and that is the best that this film looks oh absolutely for a good five minutes or so five ten minutes yes. but then right after this one scene it jumps back to nasa or the wife and you're like oh here we go again <laughs> yeah that's true um what do you think of the acting i think nothing of the acting i was bored in this movie like and that goes with the story where they went with this what they're covering the guy was not interesting it's flat as could be 
The side characters were not interesting. Some of his friends tried to talk to him and elude information and tried to help him get over grief and stuff. But no, the guy shut him down and, and, and you've seen it coming. It just wasn't interesting. Like there's no stellar performances here by no one it's blase mediocre best from everyone involved in this and i really blame the director and i'll tell you what man how this guy got more work after this film is shocking but well i don't know what he has done after this i don't know i don't know if he has done anything well that's true i know of a couple movies he did before this but yeah we don't want to mention i personally think claire foy did a very decent job as a wife as his wife it was not stellar or anything but she did show a range of emotion and i did enjoy it other than that i also think Corey stoll was he looked like he felt authentic that's it the rest was just okay ryan gosling i do happen to think he is a very good actor but I don't think he was given much to work with here. You see, I've seen him in three movies, and all three of them, I would never say he's like a stellar actor. He's a good actor. Uh-huh. The, the Blade Runner 2049, I had tons of problems with his acting in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. The Notebook is the one. <laughs> yeah, that, and also, and he was young in I that. saw him in, uh, what was it? A movie with Steve Carell, it tends to be a comedy, and I really liked him in that. I mean, he is good. It's just that I don't think he was given much to work with here. Yeah, but they got to bring it to a little bit, you know. And I think he did. At that scene that I said when he was looking at the moon and when he was sobbing, I think he did. And, like, he had, like, shining moments here and there. But he was the lead, and he carried this movie pretty much on his shoulders, and most of the time, he just shows nothing. So, I mean, you need something to root for someone. And, and, I, and I just couldn't root for him. Yeah, I think that'll wrap up the movie review and technical side because we're going to get into some things that bug the heck out of me in a 4K too. So let's get our ratings out and recommendations. Lady Phantom. I think this movie is a 6 out wow. of 10. I think it is above average because they did show very cool things. It did like it. It has very good special effects. It looked very authentic in places. And uh, I mean, the moon around the moon and stuff. It looked pretty good right around there. And uh, but I just think it's above average. I don't give it anything else. And I just say avoid it because i mean as much as i think it is above average i don't know if i would have liked to see it really well i think lady phantom's in a good mood today because she's given this movie a lot more credit than i'm going to this movie's a two technicals junk i know it was stylistic choice it didn't work the camera work constant shaking in this film oh, yeah, is terrible it's never static it's always moving not found footage horror style really wild but there's always a shake even when characters are talking super close-ups in space and i'm saying because for one money wise probably they didn't want to show as much 
Two, for no reason other than that, because I don't want to see some half of somebody's face constantly in this movie with a guy that shows no emotion. Like, you can't even read what the guy is thinking. And they do this with other characters, too. Super close-ups in this. Yeah. And it don't work. And it's shaky. And, you know, maybe they're trying to elicit that the rocket's moving or something. But no, this happens all the time. It happens during training missions. It happens when there's two characters talking. It happens at the table when he's sitting around with his family. I thought it was terrible. And it was his choice to do that. I think it's a bad choice. And it wasn't entertaining. It was chaotic and frustrating to me. The acting, so-so. Nobody brought it. Nobody I was interested in here. Nobody was exciting. Nobody worked. There's one really good scene in this I'd like to give it credit for. It's when something goes wrong with one of the early Apollo missions. It did come out of the blue. You had a feeling something was going to happen, and it was intense. And it looked good. That scene in particular looked good. Yeah, the sound, this overarching soundtrack, this melancholy track, they played way too much in this. It doesn't override nothing or anything, but just overused, and it's not particularly exciting or anything like that. The story, wow, bad. You know, I want to know more about this guy, and maybe there wasn't nothing to know, but I would like to know where he grew up who his parents were, what fascinated this guy. You learn nothing about this guy. I know nothing more about this guy than I did (laughs) before watching this movie. So I think the story is not good. I think most everybody out there has seen live footage of this way more interesting than this movie. I mean, a million times more interesting. And everybody knows Apollo 13 when they had trouble going back to the moon with the Tom Hanks movie. Now, that's a great movie. And that felt 70s, because that happened in the 70s. And you believe Tom Hanks and Kevin Bacon's in the 70s. And the set pieces, way better. Dialogue, way better. This is a two. This is not a good movie at all. And I am disheartened because I was really interested in this. So avoid if you don't know. Let's move it on. Oh, Lady Phantom. 4K. We just talked about all the changing cameras from super grainy to mild grainy to... No grainy. What say you? I'm saying this is the kind of movie that takes me off. Me too. Because they show you this footage. You are somewhere around the moon place and everything you see beautiful dark blacks in contrast with beautiful light and crisp and neat and close-ups that you cannot believe next scene full of grain on planet earth and it's like, like more you grain do this but more grain in the 70s black and white tv let's put it there yeah some scenes were so snowy in this movie and they'll happen out of the blue you'll be at a scene where people are sitting around drinking in the backyard and then they jump cut 
to a scene in the training mission <laughs> and it gets nice sheen grain. Yeah, like and, it's constant. and it comes back to what I said before. I mean, it's not like the IMAX scenes or the space scenes had no grain and then all the, the Earth scenes did because no. I mean, there are plenty of times on Earth where you see scenes that are super grainy and then the next one has no grain at all. And you are like, dude, why? I mean, why do you do this? Yeah, no, I'm commit sure, to I'm something. I'm sure he had a rhyme or reason. He wanted to take you out of, okay, this is his home life. This is space. This is the mission. This is at NASA. Yeah. But it didn't work. None of it. Not and, at all. And I'll tell you what drove me batty, Phantom, the most... 4K is amazing at picking up when the camera shows paperwork, computers, and actual written word. Mm -hmm. And it was super fuzzy and grainy here and bad. Like yeah. they were at the 16 millimeter probably all the time when they did this. So grainy, so hard to read, camera shaking along with it too. Yeah, it, it was, was pitiful. Uh, Even the gauges at the end when it went to right before it went to IMAX were in this mild grain situation, I would say, because there's many levels of grain situation in this. Oh, movie. yeah. All the levels. And he's looking at these buttons that they're going off alarms, red and white. And he's looking at like a crosshair thing for gravity or like which way left or right you know or the level the, that they uh -huh, yeah the yeah. leveler and like it's like out of focus and looks like you got double vision and it's like what is going on here this is so bad and then all of a sudden it goes to a space scene that looks gorgeous i know and and then <laughs> back again and it's like, wow. And there are scenes, like there's one th scene with an explosion that I thought the fire looked very decent. Mm -hmm. And that moment where the accident happens in the... in the Oh, there was some that, HDR pop there. Oh, yes. Like that looked so good, so crisp, and so heartbreaking because of what's happening. Like it really helps you getting to the, the scene. But then you go to some other scene that I was thinking, did you... Just go and put grain there on purpose because it was like too much when you came from a crystal clear scene or something. And it was just that's so the difference in the camera. <sighs> and that's bad. That's what he was going for, though. I mean, you know, watching this film most the time what he's going for. Yeah. But it, it doesn't work, work, especially when he went to 16 millimeter. Yeah. Remember, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was 16 millimeter. They didn't do anything with it, no DNR, and it's snowy, complete from beginning to end. Yeah. So you get this anytime it's in 16 millimeter, and he wants to do that. But here's the problem. We're both the same, Phantom. This is a movie, if you're interested or want to see this movie get a dvd don't even get blu-ray because there's no need yes there's a couple scenes that highlight 4k it's very minimal it's not worth 20 30 dollars no because you're seeing poor film quality i want to see even if it was the same grain on dvd it's going to be smoothed over somewhat because it's just not clear 
It's not like 4K. <sighs> so yeah. this is a terrible movie to be put on 4K. Like, I yeah. don't think it even should have been put on the format. I think it could have been so good if oh, a list of so. things. Like, if they had done a very different movie, oh, No, I, I don't think there's no uh, chance this movie would ever look good on 4K. Like I said, there's a few scenes, and you really notice it when you start to film because you're wondering every 4K, you know what I'm talking about out there. When those first five minutes, you're like, ooh, am I going to be smiling? Is it going to be really good and vibrant? Are you going to get in the movie? And on this one, wow, it happens in the first five minutes. There's a gorgeous scene, then a middle grain scene, and then a total snowy scene. Like all in that, and we're like, are we going to be doing this the whole minute? Yeah. Yes. Two hours and 21 minutes of it. Of and mix, then the yeah. dirt speckles, Phantom, that you couldn't stop focusing on, these little white dots, mm-hmm. when the footage was to elude that they're on the ship or in space and the technology wasn't as good back then. It didn't work. It just no, didn't because, work. Especially because, as I said, they didn't commit. Like some scenes fewer scenes in space show these white speckles and then others are completely free of them and they look completely dark and it's like dude commit to something extremely poor you will not want this on 4k and we will just briefly touched on the audio wow atmos track why who cares sound terrible in this movie yeah it's not terrible there were maybe one or two scenes, especially when, like with land, with ships like taking off or landing, that really made everything rumble. And no surrounds, Phantom. No. I don't even know if surrounds were no, used in this ju- movie. No, it just made everything rumble, but without the the depth. Right. And there's then, no overheads, but I don't think there's any surrounds. If they are, they're so muted that you're not going to be able to tell something's back yeah. there. Yeah. And I liked something also, but that's not about for. I mean, they're like you can tell this the moment that they open the hatch to actually be on the moon. It's like all sound stops, and I really like that because I mean that's the way it is in space, right? So I did like that, but that goes to the movie. But yeah, the sound was completely not worthy of any mention. No, I will say, criticize some of that too, Phantom. When Houston was talking and they're in outer space, this happened several times in the beginning and towards the end. It's hard to hear what Houston's saying a lot of times. Yeah. It did sound very hollow, like what it did back then, the real footage. Mm -hmm. I think, again, they tried too hard and some of the dialogue gets lost yeah the scene right well the dialogue or what the person in houston says right after they land that is actual footage right that is and there is maybe a minute or two sprinkled throughout of some real footage scenes on a tv they show that's actual live and some voices here and there but Mm -hmm. it's very sparse yeah all right what special features we got on this puppy we have deleted scenes, giant leap in one small step, recreating the moon landing, shooting at NASA, astronaut training, feature commentary, and more. 
All right, I'm glad you're listening to us because we're going to be saving you money. This is an F unworthy. I don't want to belabor the point anymore. Buy the DVD. If this sounds at all interesting to you, believe me, there's so many better documentaries. And if you want true footage of what happened, and there's recreations too from small budget TV channels that have done it way better. You don't learn nothing in this. I'm 50 years old. I learned nothing about this guy. And it's just totally uninteresting. And I was bored. I couldn't wait for this movie to get over. And they want you to wait to the end to get to this. Ooh, are they going to land? I mean, everybody knows they land and they got back safe. So that on this movie, I mean, you're not, you know the what's going to happen in this. But oh my god even the ending scene is pitiful like where this movie yeah went it's blank. like it's the most anticlimactic right. this ending is an ever. f unworthy and two rated movie bye phantom <laughs> <laughs> bye as in goodbye no not as in bye same i mean i would really because there were scenes that i really enjoyed but the rest of the movie which is unfortunately a 95 percent is so maddening that I just can't overlook that. So, yeah, an F and completely unworthy. Yes, we are saving you money. That's why you're listening to us. All right, Lady Phantom, get us out of here. Everybody, go to BillSheddy.com right now. Bookmark it. Sign that guest book. Tell us your suggestions, recommendations, requests, comments, anything you want to tell us. Also, subscribe to us you can find all the links right there on the web page remember we are on letterboxd our links are there too and i'm on twitter lady phantom 74 i always let you know when there's something new and i can't believe we spent close to 50 minutes on this episode this is one of our longer episodes recently yeah i thought it was gonna be shorter yeah it doesn't deserve it but believe us 4k is definitely unworthy here we will catch you on the next movies in 4k